With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is our number two of the Lombardi line presented by Bet MGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Michael Lombardi here on this Easter Sunday. Happy Easter to everybody Happy out Easter, there. Happy Easter, Femi. Happy yeah. Master Sunday. Happy What's your favorite candy Sunday. on Easter? My favorite candy. Uh, just a typical, like a chocolate bunny or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty, I'm not, pretty straight down I, the middle, I, huh? I play it down the fairway. You do, you do the you Easter know? egg hunts too? I uh, haven't done one in, I think, about 25 years. <laughs> it's been, come, it's over, been come over to my son's house today. You've got a bunch of them. Got the eggs all Dominic over the place. will show you how, where to go for them all. He, he's probably got it all charted out. <laughs> I was going to say, does he have his yeah. ready to go? Yeah, he's ready to do it. <laughs> That's fun. Now, Easter egg hunts are fun for the kids. Uh, are, are you a big Peeps fan? I know Peeps are always, like, uh, very controversial this time of the year. No, no, no. You know, I mean, I don't even know what are Peeps. I, I don't I just see people talk about them. I honestly, I've never had a peep or whatever it is. But I don't know. No, I'm a yeah. pretty, you know, I mean, look, I'm a fat guy, so I like all candy. I mean, let's be clear. You know, I mean, like people, I don't like that kind of candy. Like, when you're a fat guy, you eat any candy, okay? Like, I don't like dark chocolate. I only like, you know, no, no, I'm a fat guy. I eat everything, all right? Like, let's just put that out there. Like, there's no, like, a, you know, I don't stick, I don't thumb my nose to any kind of candy. Yeah. But I, I do have, an, a, like, I do have a, a, a problem, a serious problem mm. with jelly beans. A serious really? problem. Oh, jelly yeah. beans. Jelly beans are the killer. I like the big ones. Like Jeff Ruby Steakhouse in Louisville, Kentucky, mm-hmm. when I would go there, they had a huge, this is pre-COVID, yeah. they had a huge thing of those big jelly beans. I stick my hand in there and, you know, I mean, I'm, it's I'm game I'm, over. I mean, I probably had 2,000 calories before I sat down to dinner. You know, I mean, like, oh, my God. You know, you know, who used to have it, too, was Del Frisco's. They used to have jelly. Wow. And, like, if I owned a restaurant, I'm having jelly beans in the front. I did not know in. jelly beans was like a steakhouse deal. Steakhouse right? Street, yeah. yeah so, yeah. So that's like, to me, the, and if I have one, I'm going to have 8,000. Mm. So it's you just I can't have them. I'm, I have to go to Jelly Bean Rehab. But what Ronald Reagan had him in the White House when he was there, you know, and he kept the jar on his desk. I thought that had no chance with me. I would kill that jar. <laughs> We, we all have our vices. So yours is jelly beans. Mine is gummy bears. Really? For me, gummy bears, that's the one where, like, because like, I'm not a big sweet tooth person. I can pretty much kind of keep back of them. But if you put some gummy bears out there, it's game over. Yeah. That's where, I like like you said, like the one that you eat 80, that's me with gummy yeah, bears. My wife buys jelly beans and puts them in the house. No, so you don't have to you. eat them. They're for somebody else. Like, oh, she's, seriously. She's like, taunting, why would you do that to you. me? Yeah, she just. Yeah, she's taunting you. No doubt. <laughs> but, uh, we'll see uh, if anything is sweet here coming up at Augusta National right now. Well, your guy just missed a putt. That's yeah, what's yeah, not sweet. That's, I know it's you're not sweet about that. No, yeah, so he had a chance to eagle at one point. And he ends up parring. So it's still you like know, a two it's funny. That, uh, other than Hovland, Victor Hovland, mm-hmm. everybody else is struggling on the course. And the par fives are not generous at all. Nope. No one's birdie in the par fives. So it, it's a challenge. Well, somebody from the back always goes low at Augusta. Somebody who's not like perceived to be in contention, and Hovland has been that person. I mean, he had five straight birdies yeah. here on this back nine, and, on a course that's not very scorable. And I'm going to urge Sam Bennett to change the white pants. I, you yeah. know, he's not putting well today. Unfortunately, I'm rooting for him. Got to get him into something else because it, it's the pants. I'm really, it's not the putter. It's the <laughs> it's pants. The pants. <laughs> the Easter outfit is not going well for for Sam Bennett. Somebody should have told him to put on the Sunday best here on this holiday, but uh, I guess uh, he didn't listen. And now he's no longer on the top of the leaderboard. That's how things go. 
Uh, let's talk at the top of the draft board, though. Yeah. Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida, has been perceived as a guy who's going to go in the top five, maybe even in the top three. And we've seen some movement over at DraftKings to where Richardson was minus 250 on under four and a half for his draft position as of yesterday. He is now minus 135 on under four and a half, and the over, which was plus money, is now minus 105. But you had an interesting clip from our most recent GM Shuffle podcast talking about Richardson and the perception of him going near the top of the board. To think that Anthony Richardson is worthy of a third or fourth pick in the draft isn't absurd. It's absurd squared. Like, it's not even, like, athletically, if we're running the Olympics, okay. Yeah. I get 100%. it. 100%. You watch his tape. It's absurd to think that this young man's ready to play professional. It's not fair to the young man to play professional football. Mm -hmm. He's so far, he's two years away from being a year away. Okay? Let me just put that out there. And I like Anthony Richardson. I have been a fan mm -hmm. of his. I love his skill set. I love his skill set. I do not love his tape. Let me be clear. I do not love his tape. The fact that he's being talked about in the top 10, which I do not believe will happen, right? Ooh. I don't. I mean, look, Malik Willis last year was in the top 10. Mm -hmm. Go through all your mock drafts. Nobody grades these mock drafts. Nobody looks at them next year. Mm. So, Anthony, are you moving the betting markets or are the betting markets catching up to your opinion? I, I think common sense is coming in. I think what Bucky said in the last block. Bucky said, like, when you pick somebody in the top five, you're hoping he has Pro Bowl skills. I mean, you know, we, we, we compare everybody to Josh Allen. Josh Allen went seventh overall. Lamar Jackson went 32, right? And mm -hmm. so, like, so what fans don't understand is the draft isn't just placing names on a board like the mock draft guys do. The draft is a grading system, and the verbiage must match what you're giving the players. So if you're saying this guy is worthy of a top five pick, you're saying he will be eventually a Pro Bowl player, he will dominate, he'll be in the top five players at his position once he's developed in the league. And the word development shouldn't even be in the conversation when mm -hmm. you're picking in the top five. But maybe for quarterbacks it would be. But you're talking about an elite-level player. You're talking about someone who can, who's going to dominate and take and cannot be what the word we used in our grading system was cannot be taken out of the game. What does that mean? That means that his skill set is so dominant that if they play him this way, he'll go that way. If they play him that way, he'll go this way. His skills are so dominant, you can't take him out of the game. That's why you could, shouldn't have graded Kyler Murray the first pick overall in the draft because his skills are not dominant that if we keep him in the pocket, he can't take over the game. You follow me? Mm -hmm. So the verbiage has to match. And so what happens to these mocks is they don't, they don't have verbiage. They just put players where they want to put them. And then I think what Bucky also added to the conversation was that now we're – propping these kids up with expectations that yeah. they're going to get let down. It's unfair. Yeah. That, that's the part of that. That's a bummer. Like for me, like, I mean, you think about Malik Willis last year, there's, there's been other quarterbacks in the past mm -hmm. where it's like, Oh, like you're going to go in the top 10. You're going to go in the top 10. And all of a sudden you're sitting there in the green room and it's pick how, 27. How, when you watch Malik Willis play in the preseason, you knew it was ridiculous that he was even considered by these people that are supposedly experts on the draft that he could have gone in the first round. Could you imagine if somebody would have picked Malik Willis in the top 15? I don't have to imagine. I saw E.J. Manuel get picked in the top 15. Like he wasn't a quarterback that should have gone in the first round. But the teams are so desperate for quarterbacks, they manufacture, and they come up with excuses. Oh, okay, well, once this guy gets developed, he's – no. If he ever gets developed – okay, like to me, Kenny Pickett, good player. Is he ever going to be top five of his position? No chance. Okay, no chance. I don't see it. He doesn't have that skill set. Could he be a winning quarterback? Could he be in the top 20? Yeah. So Pittsburgh picks him in the lower part of the first round. Okay. They overreach for him, but at least they got a guy. They're not saying he's going to be an elite player. Kenny Pickett's college tape is much better than Richardson. Mm. Well, you say, well, the upside's higher with Richardson. If we get to the upside. Yeah. Okay. If we get there. I mean, Zion Williamson's a great player if he plays. He doesn't play. How do we know we're getting there? You're taking the risk is what you're doing. So based on what you've seen on the tape and what you can marry with the potential and the upside, where would you draft Anthony Richardson if you were an NFL GM? Oh, I, the, so for me in my grading system, which we developed in Cleveland when I was there and then Belichick and it's still in the Patriots system, he's a potential starter. 
So that means he's a second-round, third-round player. He's a, set, a potential. He has a potential to start. Or if I want, if I really wanted to be on it, I would say he's a D player, which is a developmental player, a 6-0. That's somewhere in the third or fourth round. You can't take players who you have to develop in the first round. Because here's what happens. The scout says you have to develop this player. The scout keeps his job. The coach gets fired. So you didn't coach him up. So that's the excuse. Well, they didn't coach him up. But maybe he wasn't able to be coached up. Maybe he wasn't good enough. Malik Willis was a D player last year. He was always a developmental player. He went in the third round. Probably a little earlier. Should have gone to the top of the fourth. I mean, think about it. Dak Prescott had a much better Southeast Conference career. He went in the fourth. Was at the was at the Senior Bowl. He went in the fourth. But see, what's happening is this inflation that's going on in college and by these mocks are pushing these guys up, and teams are getting a little bit more desperate instead of being patient and waiting for it. Well, in fairness to the teams and to the mocks, wouldn't you say that quarterbacks should operate on a little bit of a different scale because of the positional value? Like, I, I hear what you're saying with, like, like, okay, second or third round grade, but because of the positional value being the quarterback touching the football every play – wouldn't you take him in the back half of the first round to try to get that fifth-year option? And also knowing that if you do develop him and you do hit it big, it could change the organization. What good is the fifth year if he's no good? It's what's not any good if he's not Yeah, good. I mean, so, like, I got to be right on the yeah. player before I worry about the fifth year. And so, to me, we're making way too much out of the fifth year. I'd love to get the fifth year, but if he's only a good player, I got to make sure he's, I got to make sure I evaluate the player correctly mm -hmm. before I get to the fifth year. So, like... I wouldn't have any of that. I You have to grade the player what you see. You can't manufacture it. Yes, quarterbacks are a little bit harder. You have to project them forward. Mm -hmm. But they have to show you enough on tape to project them forward. Everybody running around on Josh Allen saying, see, I told you, I told you. You know, sometimes, you know, a clock's right twice a, a, a clock, a broken clock's right twice a day. Like, mm -hmm. sometimes it happens. And I would say if you were really honest about Buffalo's offense, when Josh Allen doesn't really run, you know, and he, I mean, ask Stefan Diggs. There's times where they get flustered. Yeah, I mean, we, look what Cincinnati did to him. We don't have to ask Stefan Diggs. We see him on the sidelines. <laughs> I mean, look what Cincinnati did to him in that playoff game. They stoned yeah. him. There yeah. was, they had nothing going. And people have played Josh Allen differently. Now, can he, he's improved his accuracy, no doubt. Is he an elite player? There's no doubt. I'm not arguing that. I was wrong on his evaluation coming out of Wyoming. I admit that. But there's times where he reverts back. And I think the point that Bucky Brooks brought up in our first hour is that sometimes as scouts, when you miss on one, then you almost overcorrect. You over-index going forward there. And that maybe that's happening when he brought up Will Levis out of Kentucky. Yeah, that's to me, Will Levis is a, a non-rhythmic. We'll talk about the next break, which we can, should continue to do, because I think Will Levis isn't what people think he is. Well, we'll discuss that next year on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. 
With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app at BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Femi Abebefe. We're hanging out here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Uh, Speaking of the in-game betting, if you were interested in in in-game betting the Masters, you would find that Brooks Kepka is now minus 145, the favorite, after John Rahm just dropped another shot here. So Kepka now has a three-stroke lead as they're sitting on the 17th team. Yeah, as my man Bill Berman just astutely texted me, uh, your boy Rahm's putter has left him. It has. It's missing in action. Same thing with Bennett. I mean, I think think as this weather heats up, it's going to be – Fun to see what happens with the greens, how they handle the greens, because this is going to come down to whose putter gets hot here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kepka has not been able to make a putt. He's had a couple opportunities. We know the ball's not traveling. It's landing soft, so the distance is a problem. But it's going to be a great 20 holes we have ahead of us, really. It's going to be wonderful to watch. They'll get some rest here. What time is it? It's, uh, what, 11.15 on the mm-hmm. East Coast now? So they'll probably tee off at like a two o'clock, typically. Like they usually, usually they tip off at two thirty anyway. Yep. East Coast time. Uh, Rom right now is plus two twenty five over at. But that's I pretty good. I, I mean, look, it's. It, it, I, I think once you get through this day, and he's got two holes to play, which are difficult. But once you get through this, it, you know, it's. It goes back to that we're on Sunday at the Masters again, and the sun's yeah. out, and maybe it's going to warm up. I mean, you could, it, you could feel it's oh, warming up a little bit. Shot. Yeah, he likes that one. Yeah, it just it, I mean, it just I think it takes some comfortability. I, I'm not a golfer, but I would get the sense with the weather changing and the you know the conditions being ever ever changing. You've got to figure it all out. Yeah, and, and honestly, Rom's putter kind of cooling off shouldn't be a surprise because the way he started this day, I mean, he made back-to-back birdies. They made a long par putt as well, so like his putter was hot to start. That the putter can be very volatile, so yeah. maybe he'll right. get it back for the final. Especially 18. when you're not, you know, you're used to the fast greens and now with the weather and the wind yeah. and the humidity and all the things that are going on, you know, so it, it, it's always a challenge to, to, you have to be adaptable. I'll tell you a guy who's been hot with the putter is Victor Hovland. So he just parred there on 17 from 11 through 15. He went birdie, 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 birdie. And he is now just one back. He played the <laughs> second, like typically most you have to play birdie, the two par fives, yeah. you know, and then he sprinkles in birdies at the other holes. So, I mean, yeah, he, he will, it, it'll be. I would believe it's going to be. It's going to be interesting if 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 uh, if uh, if he can hold off. Mm-hmm. If if Victor plays in the final pairing with you know if Rom, you know whoever goes in whoever's if Rom stays at nine under, he'll play with with Kepka, Kepka again. Yeah. But it, it's going to be interesting to see if that changes. I think they'll still do the threesome just because they're trying to get this done today. Yeah, I guess so. You're right. I think we might get Kepka, awesome, Rom, yeah. Hovland. All three there in the final pair. I mean, Hovland, like I said, he's just one back of Rom now, where it looked like we had a two-horse race. Got a third horse emerging here as we're heading to the uh, the final round over at Augusta National. But let's talk about uh, back to the NFL here. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. There's a lot going on with the New York Jets, as always, here throughout this offseason. Their general manager, Joe Douglas, was uh, hanging out with the, the Boomer and Geo crowd out there in the Meadowlands. They had a nice little event there with WFAN, the fan, and... 
Friday night. I'm sure, you know, the, the vibes were good out there. You know, hydration was, was high. And Joe Douglas was asked about the potential trade for quarterback Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers. And he said, quote, he's going to be here. And the crowd goes wild. They're Jets fans waiting to when Rodgers will finally put on Gang Green's uniform. But uh, it feels like we're just kind of still dancing here, waiting towards maybe the draft when something gets done. But we're all in limbo here with this Jets-Rodgers trade pending well, uh, the, coming up The here. Packers have the pressure on them mm-hmm. because they want those draft picks to help their team. They want those draft picks. Whatever draft picks they might get, they want them to be involved in this draft. So the longer this goes without them sealing a deal to know where they are in the draft. And for the Jets, the best thing that could happen to the Jets is Saturday after the draft, Rodgers still be a Packer. Because Mm -hmm. the Jets would have had a draft. And so now they're paying on a future draft, which would be ideal. Because they could take those first round, second round, and third round picks and put them on their team. Mm -hmm. And that would really parlay them in especially in this draft where there's a lot of good tight ends in this draft. There's some offensive linemen in this draft. I mean, it, it's not – there's corners in this draft. There's not a lot of defensive linemen in the draft. The Jets are good there. So I, I think that, that would help. Like this notion that it's going to happen on draft day or when the Jets pick in the second round is, is, is ridiculous. If it's got to happen, it's got to happen the Monday before the draft. It's got to. Because once you get into the draft, the Jets all of a sudden – well, he's going to be here anyway. Like, they have no urgency to make yeah. the deal until Saturday. And you would assume as well with the New York Jets, if you make the trade after the draft, those are going to be worse picks in 2024 because you would think that with Rodgers, they'll be a better team. The one thing you can't do, one thing which you want to do when you're trading for draft picks, if you're trading a player for a pick, we all, well, they trade this guy for a fourth. As an executive, you're thinking, okay, I'm trading this guy. That pick will be one something. Okay, let me look at the board over the last five years and what players were picked in this range that I would be trading away for the player. Because fans only see the the pick for the player. They never go back and put the pick in, the name of the pick, mm-hmm. to the player. So that's really the trade. The trades are always player for player. Yeah. We just see them as player for pick, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you don't go back and look at it, okay, Amari Cooper got traded to Dallas for a first-round pick. Who did the Raiders pick? Well, they got robbed on that deal. Yeah, it was like Jonathan Abram, wasn't it, or someone like that? So that, That's right. It was Abram. Yeah. So, so okay, would you trade Jonathan Abram for Amari Cooper? Of course you wouldn't. <laughs> but we just see it as you're getting a one. No one goes it's, – it's, it, every trade is a player, unless it's the NBA, which we don't know what the hell they're doing. But, you know, so every, every trade is a player-for-player player trade. Mm-hmm. It's just it's 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 layered as a player for pick. Oh, we got a pick. We got all these picks. Well, you got to be able to translate those picks. So if you're if you're good, Brian Gutekunst over at the Packers, you want to know where you're going. Like if you think you can get that two from the from the Jets, you know right now as you sit in your office at Lambeau Field, you know what player you're going to be able to get for him. You don't know the specific player, but you know the range, the range of the player. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like when you're making those pick for or player for picks trades, it's like player to be named later almost is how it should be framed. It's exactly versus, what it is. Yeah, and so what Al Davis used to say all the time, and it used to drive him crazy when, when the media would report, well, they gave up two number ones for the player. And Al Davis would say, but they got a player back. So they didn't give up two ones. They only gave up an extra one because that player should be worth a one. Mm-hmm. You follow me? 100%. So you're giving so basically I traded my this player for for an extra one. Yeah. It's not two he traded Michael Haynes for two ones. He got Michael Haynes. Yeah. And that's I remember the Cowboys when they after they made the Amari Cooper trade on that draft night when they had no first round pick they they tweeted, "Hey, here's our first round pick. It's Amari Cooper." And, and nobody buys into nobody that. Bu- nobody says, "Oh, that's yeah. great." But that's the actuality that's the, of it all. So is. and that's why the Packers have more of a sense of urgency to make the deal before it because you want to know what you're getting back. When you wait until next year, like you made this stupid point, if I wait till next year to make this trade, I'm the Jets are probably picking somewhere between 27 and 32. Now, I'm sure Goots is telling Douglas, look, if, you don't, if we don't make this deal before this draft, I promise you it's going to cost you way more. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you at least your one, which is really a low two now. Bucky made a great point. Bucky said there's only 15 guys that have first-round grades, okay? Yep. 
I would say that 30, most teams will have less than 20 guys with first-round grades on. Mm. So you're you're trading. So Goot knows he's going to get uh, – he's got to get that pick from the Jets because it's going to be 27, 28, 29, maybe it's 32. It's going to be a second-round type player. Urgency. It's, it's what we need to get this thing finally done, and maybe we're going to get it here in a couple of weeks. Uh, the Jets are also hard at work talking to free agent wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr., he is scheduled to have a meeting with the Jets tomorrow morning. And uh, finally, it feels like we're kind of getting some sort of a conclusion here with Odell Beckham Jr. I'm sure he'll take a physical. They'll work yeah, out That's going to be the interesting and, thing because the Jets, so we know this, every medical team in the NFL is different. Mm-hmm. The Jets are very difficult medically. They're, they're just not, you know, cough twice, you pass, right? <laughs> yep. They are very difficult. Their team doctor is very hard. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where they grade him, the medical staff, to then allow Douglas to see what he could do contractually. Like, this isn't, oh, we got a chance to get Odell. Like, mm-hmm. the, Odell's coming in. The doctor, the doctor doesn't look at Odell any differently than he would some college free agent. Actually, he looks at him harder because there's more investment. And then after the physical, if he passes it, then they get starts talking then about they money. Could, stuff. It, there's one thing. There's passing, and then there's passing with restrictions on money, too. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a resolution with Odell and Aaron Rodgers this upcoming week. And the all-star team out in uh, Gotham City will be put together for the New York Jets. Thomas Gable, race sportsbook director over at the Borgata, joins us next here on the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our vsencom slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event, date, and more. Check the top VSEN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. For VEASAN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Michael Lombardi. Uh, Michael, the 17th green at Augusta National. What the kids wow. say, it's catching bodies. Yeah. <laughs> it's catching bodies, I, I, taking I, souls. They're just not comfortable with the greens. You could see these guys. I mean, I, I would suspect that once they get into the clubhouse, they're headed over to the putting green and trying to get work mm-hmm. on their game over there a little bit because you can just, I mean, you can just feel it. I mean, the the minute they, they and as we've been watching, the minute they putt, it'd be interesting to see what TG thinks here. Is there's no there's no confidence the ball's even going anywhere yeah. near the cup. Yeah, you can just tell it the minute it leaves the the, the putter that it's up. Oh, nope, no chance. As Brooks Kepka, he missed a short little uh, par putt there, so he'll drop a shot now. Has a two shot lead heading to the 18th green to finish up the third round. And let's welcome in our buddy, final guest here on the program on this Easter Sunday, Thomas Gable, race and sportsbook director over at the Borgata. TG, hope all is well. Happy Easter, happy end of the NBA regular season. All the best here. And before we get to the Masters. I want to talk about what we saw last night. UFC 287. Israel Adesanya had this line at the end of his knockout win against Alex Pereira last night. Said, they say revenge is sweet. And if you know me, you know I got a sweet tooth. Hopefully that sweet tooth treated you guys well at the betting window with the favorite winning last <laughs> night at UFC 287. Yeah, that was a, a nice result for us there. And, um, you know, first, uh, also happy Easter to both of you. Uh, but uh, Adesanya winning was was a good result, uh, kind of in an unexpected way. There, I, I you know yesterday we talked about you could see that fight ending in uh, you know so many different fashions, and Adesanya up against the cage there and uh, comes comes back and uh, and finishes at Pereira. But um, that was that was a good one. Um, the Burns Masvidal fight actually ended up decent. We're taking some late Masvidal money. Uh, we didn't really touch on that one yesterday because of lack of time, but you know Burns was such uh, a prohibitive favorite in that uh, p- people, especially when it comes to UFC or boxing, typically don't like to lay those big big prices. So uh, they go into the prop market and you know maybe look for you know method of victory uh, or a round prop or something like that. Uh, but uh, Burns won- wins that decision. Um, uh, unanimous decision there in that one, probably the end there for Masvidal's uh, career in the UFC. 
Uh, but yeah, overall, it was a, a decent card last night and decent results for us. The Masters also going on here, Thomas. And right now, Brooks Kepka, we were talking about it to come back to this segment, has a two-shot lead over John Rahm. Yeah. Victor Hovland's been making a move as well, so it appears we have a three-horse race heading into the final round. Uh, is there an outcome that you guys are hoping to avoid here on this Sunday? Hovland is not a good scenario for us, uh, but I, I'll tell you from an in-play perspective from uh, for us, uh, it's much better having a third or even a fourth guy uh, get into contention and having just you know somebody run away with it or just having a two-horse race where it really looked like it was going to be uh, potentially with just Kepka and, and Rom kind of dueling it out today. But uh, having Hovland now get get into contention, uh, play himself into contention, and, and Kepka and Rom kind of come back a little bit towards him. Uh, that's big from a, a betting perspective because you always want to offer more options. Uh, Hovland now currently we have him five to one in play uh, was ten to one you know just a couple minutes ago there, um, but uh, obviously uh, a costly bogey there for Kepka who has looked pretty steady to finish out this uh, the round the third round today for him. You know he hasn't really done much, but hasn't done much to hurt himself. So that, that was kind of a costly mistake there. And, uh, but Rom definitely just does not appear comfortable with the putter, uh, today at all, which obviously it's a long day. Uh, these guys have 18 more to play, uh, this afternoon. So a lot to come. The, the pressure is going to get ratcheted up. Uh, course is going to continue to dry out. And, uh, you know, if there's one course in, in the world that, uh, can handle, the, the elements, it's, it's Augusta National. It's, um, while, yes, it's uh, wet and the greens are holding more than uh, they typically would on a Sunday like this, but, uh, um, you know, it still looks to be in phenomenal shape. And uh, I, I just I think the, the speed has uh, really kind of uh, messed with Rom here a little bit on the greens. TG, what do you think the final score? Forget who wins. What do you think the final score will be? Because it does seem like these greens are starting to get it heated up a little bit. The sun's out. I don't know if it's getting any warmer. I see guys have taken off some layers. Nobody's wearing the fuzzy hats anymore. But <laughs> I, I, do you feel like this is going to become a, a, a tournament where 12 wins, 13? What's your number? No, I, I think it's going to be either 12 or 13. We'll probably get it done because um, it just, again, it doesn't seem like anybody is uh, uh, really going super low. Now, Hovland, Hovland had that really nice stretch there on the back nine uh, to, to play himself into contention, but uh, I think 12 or 13 will probably uh, be able to take this home. Um, you know, Rom is definitely a, a, a best-case scenario for us uh, to, to win this. Uh, Kepka is almost a break-even, uh, I think, at this point. When you add in the in-play and the, the pre-flop together, um, but uh, Rom is definitely at, at this point looks like who who we're going to be pulling for. We're speaking with Thomas Gable, race and sportsbook director over at the Borgata TG. Let's transition over to the NBA. Today is the final day of the regular season. Thankfully, we will get some playoff basketball coming up here this week, starting with the play-in tournament. Obviously, Michael Lombardi, big 76ers fan. He's been very pessimistic about this team. That should become to no surprise to anybody listening. Uh, Should Michael be as pessimistic as he is about this Sixers team heading into the postseason? Well, Michael, I, Michael is a, not only a dedicated Sixers fan, but he's also very intelligent, and he knows he, he's seen he's seen this story play out many times uh, with the Sixers. Um, so, you know, this is in 1983. There, there's no Dr. J and Moses uh, to to lead the way here for for the Sixers this year. Um, now they do have the the scoring champion and the assist leader uh, this year with Embiid and Harden, but Harden. I think the key for them is going to be come down to two things. One is health. It seems like Embiid, there's always some sort of injury that that crops up in the playoffs that hampers him. Uh, we'll see if he can remain healthy through the playoffs. Harden's been dealing with the Achilles issue um, for the last, I'd say, month or so, uh, maybe a little bit longer there. Um, but, you know, you saw it against uh, Miami the other night. They they were playing they were playing everybody but they came out extremely listless uh, and got blown out um, and then you know two days ago you have uh, all of the backups playing and they come away with a win against the Atlanta Hawks 
Um, but the the biggest weakness, I think, besides potential injuries for the Sixers, it's going to come down to their transition defense. The, the, the secret's out. I mean, everybody in the league knows that's where – uh, the issues lie on defense for the Sixers. You can beat them in transition. You can get them down to four. They, they're they not great at getting back. Um, so we'll see if they can correct that. I have my doubts. But, um, you know, I, again, am I as pessimistic as Michael is uh, for them to be able to get to the NBA Finals? Maybe not as pessimistic, but <laughs> I I just don't I don't see it really happening. I don't see them. You'll take uh, a, you'll I take as Michael, much money on that twelve to one to get to the finals as yeah, anybody. Listen, you know I, you know they'll well, load up. What, you know you can. Round loss? Huh? Your prediction is the second round loss. Oh, this the, the, the you know the, I I actually you called it a lock. It's a lock. <laughs> Brooklyn Brooklyn you know if Brooklyn was a little better. I would have seen Brooklyn knocking them out, but you're right. I think that the, the everybody knows get up and down the court, make it a fast game. He's not mm-hmm. going to run up and down the court. He plays from he plays from three point line to three point line. Now you know he makes that 15 foot. He's great, all that, but they, they they can't run. And look, we know Doc Doc in a series. Are you going with Doc? And he's going to get out coached, you know, by everybody. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's you're right. He, he will be outcoached. He will be outcoached, no matter who he's going up against uh, in the later rounds of the playoffs. So, uh, I I do like Michael's prediction. I could certainly see them uh, uh, bowing out in the second round. Uh, I don't see them getting to the finals. They would actually be a great scenario for us mm. to, do, to do that. Uh, we took some big bets on Boston uh, very early in the season uh, to win the Eastern Conference. Um, of course, taking Milwaukee money. But uh, so the Sixers would be phenomenal for us uh, financially if uh, they could get to the finals. But uh, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, and we're seeing wind too, TG. As we're looking at our TV yeah. monitors here down at Augusta, it looks like it's getting windy, and the sun's out. So hopefully, you have a good day today, TG. All right, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Happy Easter. Happy All Easter right, to that you. Is Thomas Gable, racing sports McGregor, over at the Borgata. He agrees with your lock, your, your stone well, no, cold we, lock we, prediction. We have. We, we have talked about this a lot. You know, we, we both know what the deal is. We, we're both realistic. We're rooting for the team, but we also know the team. I agree with you, too. Second round exit. We'll wrap up the show on the other side. It's the Lombardi line. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You should. You can also convert your BetMGM points to MGM Rewards points you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back. This is the we final get, segment of the Lombardi line. Yeah, I can't wait for today. Wow, this right? is getting interesting here with the wind kicking up. The weather's getting warmer. They don't have any feel for the greens. It's, it's you know, the, I mean, Sam Bennett had to hit a, a iron going in. Look at the flag Listen, here. Fam. Rom's going to putt from off the green. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be interesting how it's all going to play. And are we going to do 9 and 18? And one, or is, is it going to be more of a shotgun start here? I believe so. It'll be staggered, and that's a really, really good putt. They're probably about as best as you can do uh, without, because yeah. you don't want to blow that thing right by. Yeah, no, and you'll be in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, no so, question. So Rom will. Well, the greens have been tricky. So I mean, nothing's a gimme nothing's out a there gimme today. Here, but yeah. he'll have about two. I don't know where Kepka so. ended up on his long putt. He had a long putt. Yeah, he's pretty. He's he's within three feet, so yeah. he should be able to tap in for a par. So I think we'll have both Kepka and Rom. Uh, finish there with a two. Are we getting difference. the nine and one starts? The, I the be, ten I, and one. I think we will. If they if they want to get this thing done, but I would today, suspect the leaders are going off one. One, yeah, the leaders will go off one. Everybody go else with, is going to go. We'll go off a ten. Yeah. That that's going to be my guess. I, I haven't well, seen. Uh, we better Twitter. check with Will Hill. He's probably working on the scheduling of this right now. <laughs> is he the one that we should be blaming for the for the broadcast? Yesterday? No, he I mean, wants to correct some of the things there. He's the, uh, well, not come listening. On, buddy. They're not listening to him on everything, but I'm sure they're going to listen to him on ha- where they want to start this. I'm sure they on the phone call to Connecticut right now. On, on I'm sure that that uh, the, the Masters Club is calling him correctly. <laughs> Fred so Ridley, I, the whole crew. Right, everybody's got a direct line to Will to understand. Like, how should we play this, and who should we have first off the tee? Will, what do you think? <laughs> Recommendations. And then on he the goes parents. right. At, then he goes right in NFL scheduling. You know, so he's got he's got a busy week ahead of him. <laughs> we do. I mean, the, the schedule is ours. They're already working. What are they going to do with he's the He's been hot, though. I got to give, you know, I, I tease Will Hill about being an expert and everything, mm-hmm. but he's been really hot on his picks baseball, college basketball, all that stuff. So he's been doing a hell of a job. If you're the schedule maker and to kind of veer off the path here, oh, by the way, this is the Lombardi line hanging out with you guys. What do you do with the Baltimore Ravens? Like, like do you take them out of all primetime games but one no, because I, of the. I, I think Baltimore's always going to be an interesting story. They've got a great fan base. Mm-hmm. I don't think the owner would allow that. And I think that the confidence that you – one thing that you have to have is who do you have confidence in to get it to play good? Yeah. And there's a track record for Baltimore that they – even though he has missed games, they've played well. They've been entertaining games. You put Baltimore-Pittsburgh on yeah, that'll a 100%. Sunday night, you know you're going to get a hell of a rating. You know you're going to get people going to be engaged. Baltimore-Cincinnati, you put Joe Burrow on, you know you're going to get a hell of a rating. So it's a great story. And, you know, I, I don't think you lose those. It, it's Arizona's getting one game. I hate to tell Jonathan Gannon that. You know, they're going to get one game. There's certain teams that you just are not going to get a lot of. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think I think if Carolina, to me, Carolina is going to be the interesting. How many do they get? Especially with Bryce Young coming out. Yeah. If, they, if they pick Bryce Young, you get the Alabama kid with a good team around them, a team that was close. Mm-hmm. That's a great story. I think they'll get a bunch of games as well. I think they'll definitely get like an early season national TV game because, like, in case they have their struggles, they don't want to put them out there in December and be like, "Oh, like this team is four and eleven or whatever like yeah, that." Yeah, which is, but... to me is to me that's that 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 thinking is wrong because mm-hmm. the, he'll get better as the year goes on. Yeah, you know, and he'll be in more of an interesting situation as the years go on. So, 
Uh, you know, yeah, Rom I mean, just but, finished up. He's he's in at nine under. So yeah, both Rom and Kepka shoot at eleven. So Kepka shot one over for the day. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, Rom Rom and Kepka match each other with seventy threes on the third round there. So uh, we will head to the final round as as our boy Sam Bennett, the amateur, will have the last stroke here of moving. Yeah, if I'm Sam, I'm going to wear something that goes with green. I'm going to just going to take it over. You know, like so why not get a pair? You know, I'm I'm coming to win the green jacket. What's he have to lose? Right? Absolutely nothing. I mean, the, the poor kid, he, he, you know, really, when you watch his round, he just, it wasn't that he played poorly, he just didn't putt. He couldn't make a putt. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, but both he and Rom had back-to-back bogeys on the back nine. So it's not like he's playing poorly. Right. Like, the conditions are just difficult. They're hard. And the fact that he's hanging, I mean, usually you'll see a guy have a good round. It's like, okay, everybody can have a good round once you get to that level. But they won't sustain it. Right. He's been sustaining this. Like the guy's in the top ten, and he's an amateur at the Masters. Right, and I think that's why you have to like Kepka today because he's a two-time U.S. Open champion. Mm-hmm. We know the conditions at the Open are really hard, yep. and these are going to be really hard conditions in the afternoon. I mean, this is not going to be somebody's not shooting sixty-four today. No, because just the nature of the weather here. So what you know, if Kepka continues to play the way he did, he had the first three putt on seventeen. In the entire weekend. And, you know, that was – I don't know how that went. So, here we go. We're going to – the final round will start at 2 o'clock today. Mm-hmm. You know, Jim Nance is going to remember Tom Weisskopf, which is always good. I always love the Jim Nance remembers Augusta because you go back and you relive those memories of Augusta. And the best part is even though the, the course – you know, the course hasn't changed, it feels the same to you. Yeah, so it looks like we're going to only have the two guys. So they're not going to do the three. I so thought so, the two. yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. they could maybe they'll play three, uh, you know, and, and, and the guys that are out of it and get them out of the way. Yeah, so uh, Sam Bennett will Again, be we're going to have Colin to consult Lockout. with Will Hill on this to see what, what he yeah. would want Does he to like do. Cantley and Hovland? I, I, I don't know. Gotta, I'm going to have to call him after the show yeah, to see. I'm text. sure he's in deliberation here with considering so, it all. So there you go. Yeah, Kepka and Rom, a couple of major winners. Kepka, a four-time major winner. He's won. A couple of uh, PGA. I, I think it's going to be really critical to get your feel, your feeling, in your hands to a level to where you could get back. I, I think that's going to be the sense of urgency. How are we? How do I make this putting? How do I, you know, how do I get my putter going again? I mean, for as great as Victor played today, uh-huh. Hovland, he only shot seventy. I mean, you know, we're acting like he shot sixty-four. He shot seventy. He just, you know, he got himself back in contention only with a seventy. Back. Think about that. Only three back. Well, hold on. Let's table this for just a little bit because I want to get our pro tip in for the day so that our viewers can uh, put this into their betting belt. And our pro tip, we talked about the quarterbacks with Bucky Brooks earlier. We've talked about it all throughout the week and all throughout the show is that these quarterback draft props, especially as it pertains to Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, sometimes these things are a little inflated just because of the amount of attention that the signal callers always get every draft. Yeah. And and so you're paying a tax for that. Yeah. And you're just going to have to rely on good information to really understand that these quarterbacks are not the answer. What you don't want to do in anything is pick a player at a position and still need the position as a team need. The draft is about satisfying team needs, whether it's this year's team needs or next year's team needs based on free agency. And if you pick a player, the Bears are in that situation. As much as we debate about Justin Fields – if they're if they're wrong by not picking the quarterback this year, you know they've they've gone through Trubisky and now they've gone through now they've now they got Justin Fields. If mm-hmm. they're wrong, they're going to have to pick a guy again. That that that's what you don't want to you want to solve problems with the draft. And I'm not sure these guys solve problems. Mm. So keep that in mind there when you're betting the draft. I know it's less than three weeks away. It's gonna be a whole lot of fun here. So yeah, and I think the other one too is Seattle, like Seattle yeah. and Detroit. Like everybody has them taking quarterbacks because they have these extra picks. They have these top 10 picks to make their defense better. The reason they didn't go, Seattle didn't win the playoffs or they go far into the playoffs is because, and Detroit didn't make it, it's because their defense wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And so to me, if I'm Seattle and I'm picking sixth and I, or fifth and I have a chance to get a legitimate defensive player, whether it's Carter, whether it's Anderson, whether it's Walker, whomever, or a corner, Gonzalez, whatever. I got. I want to pick that guy. I think I fixed my defense. Now, if I, if I'm picking later, and the quarterback's there, I think Bucky's right. If 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 Seattle's picking in the 20s and Richardson's there, maybe you do take that chance. If I'm Seattle, I'm taking Carter at five. If he makes so, it to you, that's yeah. I mean, the, the fair, really the question is the question it's is Houston to me is really the question. Do they go with? 
do they go with everybody assumes what they're going to go with in terms of C.J. Stroud, or are they going to change? But, look, we got a couple of weeks to debate about that. I'm wishing you well luck Thank on you. today on your say, uh, ROM ticket. Who do you think is going to win this thing? Because Kepka right now is plus 105. Ron I'm going to go Kepka. I, I'm going to root Kepka. for Kepka. I, I just R- think rooting to against me, me making money. I yeah. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm wishing you good luck. What do you want me to do? I wish you good luck. Ride with me with ROM. <laughs> That's what I want you to do. <laughs> John Rom is plus 175 right now. I, I think Rom wins it. I, I think he's going to win it. I think the putter will heat back up again. And the course fits his eyes. So yeah, no, I, I think like the course fits Kepka too. It Kepka, does fit him well. It really. I, mean, I thought I. Well, I thought Kepka was going to win one of these before. Yeah. Now the injury had hurt him, but you know now he's healthy, so we'll see. Kepka was dangerously close from taking it from Tiger in 2019, yep. as all of America was rooting against him. Uh, we got that moment though back in the day. But that does it for us. Thank you to Bucky Brooks. Thank you to Jonathan Von Tobel and Thomas Gable. Thank you to you, Michael. Thank you to our producer Elliot Bowman and the entire crew behind the glass. We wish you all the best of luck. Coming up next is the handle with Dave Ross and Matt Brown here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.